afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and today, uh, in the absence of Troy, um, I'm presenting a few little short uh, thoughts that you might uh, really love to use in the process of surviving uh, during COVID. Today's topic is anger. And uh, uh, if you wanted to summarise the the state of mind of most people who are dealing with COVID at home, uh, homeschooling, uh, home working, home living, home uh, whatevering, uh, there is a tendency to say that people are a little bit short-tempered, short-tempered with their kids, short-tempered with themselves, and t- short-tempered with their partner, short-tempered with their work. They've got a short fuse. A short fuse is really uh, uh, just a summary for another word, which is anger. Anger at things, anger at the world, anger at uh, governments, anger at the beach, anger at the weather, anger at friends, anger. And that anger is a virus. And it's uh, really, it is, um, if you witness it around the place, people are very short-tempered, very sensitive, very uh, short-fused. And I think we need to cut a little bit of space for people to to recognise that that's not their default. That's not their normal state of mind. But a person who's angry has always been angry. It doesn't come from nowhere. They've just been able to express that anger differently during non-COVID or non-lockdown time. So an angry person will be angry during uh, the lockdown, but that way that you witness it from them will become more evident. And the anger that we experience during lockdown turns into anger at self, which is the origin of all anger, anger at self. So what are we angry about? Well, we get angry with ourselves because life doesn't go the way we wanted. We get angry with ourselves because we read a book about being at peace and we're not. We read a book about being uh, grateful and we're not. We read a book about being successful and we're not as successful as the book said we could be. So because we have expectations, uh, we get angry when we don't meet uh, face-to-face with those expectations. And I think this is a really important element of self-management, to be not angry at ourselves. To be not angry with yourself, you need to be able to separate yourself from the thing you do and separate myself from the dog who's barking in the garden Uh, which is separating myself from the things I do. So so anger at yourself is a really, really nasty thing. And the the worst part about it is you don't realise that you're angry at yourself. How do we avoid being angry at ourselves? I think this is a really critical question as we go through the process when things don't go the way we want them, to not... Uh, Firstly, not to deflect it and be angry at others because that's basically blame. And secondly, not be angry at ourselves because we've we've disappointed ourselves or we regret something or uh, or, um, something we could have done differently could have resulted in something different. And I think knowing yourself, you need to know a couple of things. One is it's called a SWOT analysis, strengths, weakness, opportunities and threats. And I think a lot of people have the misconception that you, one should take their strengths 
and, uh, and be proud of them. Take their weaknesses and fix them. Opportunities and threats look after themselves. But the, the, the weaknesses of a human being pretty much stay with us for our entire life. And the question is, how do we, how do we learn to love those weaknesses? Well, firstly, we have to know that we can't change them. So uh, if you were to pick a football f- a team, a soccer team or whatever, and you had a person who was the world champion left foot uh, kicker, w- what side of the field would you play them on? Well, the answer would be you'd play them on the right-hand side of the field because they've got a strong left foot. But a lot of people would say you would teach that person to be a good right foot kicker as well as a left foot kicker so they could do both. And that would be uh, like taking the, the greatest advantage you've got and turning it into a mediocre advantage. So by recognizing our weaknesses are our weaknesses, we can align ourselves with people who have strengths where we're weak. We can align ourselves with people who have uh, different idiosyncrasies that make our weakness, that, that sort of compensate for it. And I think this is really critical. Now, we only typically have weaknesses in areas of life that we don't love. So in my next short podcast, what I'm going to do is encourage you to look at your value set and work out your values. And what you'll find is anything that you call a low value, you will have weaknesses in. And anything that you have what you call a high value in, you will have strengths in. However, Things you value high, you still don't have 100% strength. Your weaknesses are still there even in the things that you love the most, even in things that you value the most. And that's where, especially when it comes to things that are really important to you, things that you're weak in become things that you start beating yourself up about. And I think we have to go gently. We have to be very careful to embrace our weaknesses, acknowledge our weaknesses, allow other people to compensate for our weaknesses, and in doing so, form a sense of community or collaboration or partnership or teamwork with other people. If we think that we are strong in all areas of life and we aspire to be uh, uh, perfectly strong in all the seven and all the different aspects of emotional awareness and all the different acts, aspects of our life. If we don't rely on other people to shore up our weaknesses, we become frighteningly self-reliant, uh, uh, self—I um, don't know—self-absorbed. It's narcissism. But if to accept that we have strengths and weaknesses and they're, they're a mix, and we play to our strengths and allow others to compensate for our weaknesses. That's the true nature of being a human being, and it allows us the space not to be angry with ourselves. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.